Um, uh, I want to thank God for this opportunity and thank the pastor to allow me to share the pulpit this morning. Usually when JB comes to Uganda, I translate for him. So I thought this morning he would stand with me and translate. Uh, we are reading John chapter 6, verses 4 to 14. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and, seeing a great multitude coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew where he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for, the, for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter brothers, Peter's brother, said to him, There's a lad, a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down. And likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, This is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. Father, we thank you for this word. We know that you ministered and you do minister. I ask you, Father, that as we come before you, we may be able to see that bread of life that gives us life a life which is so abundant that our lives may be renewed every time we hear from you. Will you give us joy in our hearts and forgiveness to make us walk before you? We thank you for that salvation that we have given to us as a gift of life, the eternal life that feeds us, O oh God, into your presence and your glory. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I bring you greetings uh, from Uganda. I wouldn't say from one congregation, 
because we are church planters. I have a good team of three men. We are now doing church planting. And when one church is completed, we move to another place. As Dr. J.B. was mentioning, we have gone through hard days in our country. Just in the Sunday school, we saw what is happening today in Nigeria. That has several times happened in our country, especially when during the days of a man who was called Idi Amin, who ruled in our country for nine years. And that freedom reminded me uh, when in uh, 1973, uh, I, I, I entered the vestry, preparing my myself to minister, and three men wearing dark glasses and bare-bottomed trousers and tattoos in their face entered the vestry. I had preached before on Matthew chapter 10 that don't fear those who kill the body. But when these people entered my room, I know my day had come. And the tallest of them said to me, we are here to kill you. Do you have anything to say? I became speechless. I could feel a certain amount of acid getting into my tongue so that I could hardly speak. But I remember the words of our Lord when this, he says, when they bring you over, don't be anxious for what you are going to say. What to say will be given to you in that very hour. And the Lord Jesus gave me something to say. I said to this man, and these are Muslim soldiers, that I am dead and my life is buried in Jesus Christ. That's Colossians 3 3. I couldn't believe it was me speaking. So that tall fellow asked me several questions and was interested to know what the meaning of that word, death, to a Christian. He listened, and afterwards, he asked me to pray. They, were, they had guns in their hands. So for me, when they had their eyes closed, I didn't close my eyes. <laughs> I didn't want to die with my eyes closed. So afterwards, that man said to me, you have a car? I said, yes, I do. He said, be careful how you drive home today. And eventually, that man was converted and came to know the Lord. And he lived in Uganda for several years. When I was eventually attacked by Idi Amin's main assassin, that's the very man who came to my, our house and got me out of the house into a bus 
and traveled all the way to Nairobi, and then from Nairobi, traveled to Holland, and from Holland, I came to this country. When I finished my studies, in 1979, I returned to Uganda as a member of government. And at the time that we started the Presbyterian Church uh, in Uganda, now we have approaching 100 congregations in the country. And we have a thriving General Assembly. And I will say, I bring greetings to you from that General Assembly. Uh, we look to, we now look uh, to this, our Lord speaking to us here. Because in, uh, as we have been preaching in villages, when we go to a village in Uganda, uh, the first time we go to a village, we prepare food. We, we, we prepare rice, and we have whoever has come, we eat together. And afterwards, if we have any money, we buy Bibles in our language, and we distribute the Bibles to those who have come. We also give out mosquito nets, because malaria is a big killer in our country. So people go out with, some, with something. Now in this, in this, in this chapter, in this, our Lord feeding the 5,000 is repeated in Matthew chapter 14, in Mark chapter 6, now here in John chapter 6. There are about 5,000 people who have, uh, who have gathered. And Matthew, Mark tells us that uh, Jesus spoke to him, to, to them many things. So they listened. And then the disciples are advising our Lord, send the multitude away. Because the time is late. And this is a desert place. Send them away. Jesus is saying to them, no, they don't need to go away. But you give them something to eat. We know that our Lord came to save and call sinners to repentance. But our Lord never turned a deaf ear to the human felt needs. And many times we see our Lord using the human felt needs to lead, to lead the people to the basic need of salvation. That is saving our souls. It was not a command. It was an advice from the disciples. Send the multitude away. Jesus is replying. First he said to them in Mark chapter 6, uh, how many loaves are left or you have? And the disciples say, Father said there's nothing. But Jesus is insisting and says to them, go and see. Maybe there's something in store for these multitudes. 
because our Lord had compassion on those who came to listen to the gospel. Now he's telling, he's telling the disciples, let the people sit. Let them feel welcome. Let the people sit comfortable. Let them sit in groups so that they may eat and share. The Lord says in John chapter 5, the son can do nothing, but what is see the, the father do? Jesus had already seen our Lord, God himself, feeding not 5,000, but 600,000 people in the desert. God was giving them food. He gave them water. He gave them clothing. He gave them shoes because for 40 years, their clothing was not worn out. So they had what to dress, what to drink, and what to eat. So what do you expect us to do as we minister to various people in our, in our, in our country? He's, he took the, the five loaves and looking up to heaven, our Lord gave thanks. Can you imagine our Lord give, giving thanks five loaves of bread to feed 5,000? He gave thanks. That teaches us a great deal in, in our country, in Uganda. To change our attitude to the things that God places in our hands. It may not be enough, but that does not stop us from saying thank you to God. It has been described several times that Africa is a bottomless pit. It is true. Africa is a bottomless pit. But that does not stop us from saying to the Lord, for whatever little we have in our hands, to say thank you, our God. For if we are faithful with the little we have, the Lord will add to our mission to complete our mission in preaching the gospel in our land. If the Lord, if the Son himself could say to God, thank you for what was not enough, rather but was also to say thank you to him. If we are grateful, we will not just say, send them out to us away. Jesus is saying, don't send them away. Please give them something to eat. And he says, let them feel comfortable. Let them sit down. Let them feel welcome. So in our ministry, this is a challenge. And we are using God's method of evangelism as the driving force in our ministry, that Jesus listened to the felt needs of the people. We may not have enough, but in my country, if we need a woman, we need a family, just to say, I don't, I don't have much to give to you, but can we pray? Can you tell me your needs? And we pray together. 
we have seen God doing wonders. Uh, in uh, uh, 79, when I returned to Uganda, I found that Amin had left behind so many orphans in our country. He had left behind widows whose families had been totally liquidated. And many of our children, many of the children of the country, ended up by eating, feeding on the garbage dumps, and living on the garbage dumps. But the Lord helped us to have to listen to the felt needs of these children. Food, shelter, clothing, medical care, and education. And the Lord helped us to take from the, from the streets over 6,000 children whom today have wonderful success stories. We have doctors, lawyers, engineers, teachers, and over 50 pastors, children whom were picked from the streets. Using God's method, don't send them away. Give them something to eat. They ate and they were filled. Uh, we read in the Old Testament, Exodus chapter, Exodus chapter 16, that when the children of Israel were hungry, our Lord fed them. And they ate to the full. It says in this chapter, in this in these passages in the Gospels, that the people ate, and they were filled, and was something was left over. Really, we cannot exhaust the blessings of our God. He will feed us, and something will be left over, because there is abundance in our in our in our Lord. Some people want us to think that before God there's nothing. But really before Psalm 16 and verse 11, it says before God is pleasures of joy. It's not only food. When the prodigal son was, was lost, the first thing he remembered was food. That at his father's place there was plenty to eat. However much you wander away, we should not forget that in our Father's place, plenty to eat. Not only to eat, but there's also plenty of forgiveness. Isaiah 55, verse 1 tells, Come and buy and eat without, without money, and our God will abundantly pardon. So in our Lord's place, it's not only food we eat, it's also forgiveness and joy. So when you wonder where we should remember that we, have, we are living before our God, plenty of food, plenty of forgiveness, and plenty of joy, which you never get anywhere. Our Lord speaks to this woman, Samaritan woman on the well. When the woman, Jesus said to, to her, there's water which you drink and you'll be thirsty again. But the water I give you you will never get thirsty again. So all this food and the bread of life, we see that 
in Uganda as you go in a village uh, to minister. My home village where I was born, Jeb was telling you, where I was born, there was no, no hospital, no school, no church. And uh, when I retired from politics, I went back to the village where I was born. It was disastrous because all the uh, original settlers were are dead. Most of the homesteads which were there before have disappeared. So as to that village where I was born, and I was really confused. Luckily enough, I could hear God's call, whom Sarai's sent as a church planter. And I was privileged to stand where Isaiah stood and say, Please God, send me. And God has been working. We see the people turning to the Lord in good numbers. You see somebody, my village where I was born is near the lake, and I've seen fishermen getting saved and their, and their children. There was one man I remember, he had uh, this disease, which we have so much of it uh, in Uganda. We are pre we are a group from uh, Pennsylvania came to Uganda, and we were walking around, and we see this man on the veranda, lying on the veranda. So we went near this man. He was so tiny. So we said to him, why don't you go to the hospital? And the man said, I don't have any help. So we contributed among ourselves, and we got 70,000 Uganda shillings, and asked him the following day to go to the hospital, and he did. His brother drove him in his own car. And the man, after two weeks, was able to drive his car. Now his brother, when his brother died, he could not believe that people from nowhere, and on that village we had also people from America. These are white people to have considerate a man on the veranda. Many of his old friends in the village were just walking and passing by. So when this brother who was not affected saw this, he came to our church and he listened. That love he saw, so he came forward and we prayed for him. I gave him, in our church I give out some paper and pencils and I saw this man in the service, he's writing. When I'm speaking, he's, he's writing everything. So we had to go to another church, and I said to him, because now he was one of the elders in the church, his name is called Wanyama, I said, my brother, would you stand in for me? Because I, I, I think he, you, you seem to be taking in when I preach. He said, I'll do that. So I went to preach in another church congregation, when I came, oh, the members said, oh, that, that elder, he really preached. I said, he preached well? Yes, he preached very well. 
So I, I asked him following Sunday, because I wanted to hear myself. So, so following Sunday, the man stood up to preach. Whatever he says, the congregation is clapping. I say, the man is taking my place. <laughs> this man who was converted yesterday is becoming more popular than the pastor himself. But that's the work of God. We have seen God transforming lives and in less than a year, the man was a fisherman, he's preaching. Uh, Dr. Bonner has been to that, to that church. They are meeting today in, uh, what do you call it, papyrus with taplings. But soon I hope we'll have the funds to have a fifth congregation in, in that village. So he made this uh, disciple to sit down and the, the, the people sat down and they ate. So there's more in the kingdom of God than what meets the eye. It's not, not only forgiveness. It's not only food. There's much work to do in the kingdom of God. When I was in parliament, uh, 2005, I developed a, a sugar problem in my body, diabetes. So I went to the doctor, and I told him, I don't feel well. The man said to me, that's a disease for parliament, because you sit too much. That's why you are getting sick. So in 2060, I left politics. And now, since 2006, no diabetes in my body. Because there's so much to do in God's work. We are meeting people, we sing, we rejoice. And you come back and you have forgotten your problems. So there's much to do in the kingdom of God. Our Lord says, uh, he says, Whenever our Lord saw food, I think he got excited. During the Lord's Supper, after giving uh, bread and the cup to the disciples, what did he say? He said, I will not eat of this and drink of this fruit of the vine until I will drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So still, there's much to, to expect. Not only for this, what the world can offer. God is giving us much more. And he says on the last, lastly, that we'll be able to partake of the tree of life. Jesus took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave to the disciples. We have a way we understand this. These our lives need to be broken for his service. We may not be getting enough, but our lives is required of our Lord to be broken so that it may be of service to the communities in which we live. That's the call, and that's the challenge in, our, in, in, in Uganda. There's much more to this, that Jesus is telling us, 
that is bread of life. Christ is the bread of life, giving us life much more than what we can get in this world. So we have two challenges. The first one, are we broken enough so that others can partake of the things we have heard? What do we do with the lessons we have heard from the Lord? We need to be broken so that others may partake of that bread. That's the core. That's the ministry that we are carrying on in Uganda so that we, take, we drink of that uh, water and shall never thirst again. So I ask and request your prayers for our ministry in our country. We have, uh, we have villages that have not been uh, received the gospel. You cannot believe this. But there are still villages because Uganda is the size, I don't know which state here, but the size of Britain, but still have areas which have not received the, the gospel, the services. And I appreciate uh, Brother JB and Paula who have been to Uganda. Maybe next time you also come and so that we can minister together so that people can also partake of the things that you have acquired in this country. You may think that you've, been, you've never been to a, a seminary, but you come to Uganda, you will see how much you know and how much you can share to our people. They need the services. Yes, failed needs. Failed needs are so many in our country, but we have that basic need of salvation, that basic need of our souls being changed and having a new life. May God bless you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are the living bread. You are the water of life. You have come to transform our lives, to change our lives, to be a people that are broken, like the way that your body was broken for us. Help us to be in your service and our lives to change and to be changed for the ministry, for the kingdom. We thank you, Father, that you have the word and your compassion to the lost your compassion to those, Father, who are lost. We pray that you, are li you may help us our lights to shine, that others may see and come to the bread of life. Thank you, God. May your name be glorified today and forevermore. Amen. Great message of hope and encouragement.